and he scores on the last play of the game. Unbelievable. Sometimes people that are standing on third base think they hit a triple. Yeah. We're going in time. We're going out time. Inside and outside them. And we get them on the run run. We're going to keep them on the run. And we're not going to pass unless our secondary comes up too close. But don't forget, man, we're going to get them on the run. We're going to go, 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 go. And we aren't going to stop until we go to our goal line. I'm not going to. So quit asking. Hello, folks, and welcome back to the Spread the Field podcast, the number one college football amateur betting podcast that you now want to fade as we had another less-than-average, subpar, not fully disastrous week of gambling in college football. Uh, But before we get to that, uh, I am, of course, Jack Gray. You can find me on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, at BetsBald. I've connected my Action app there as well. Should be up to date if you want to track those plays. I've been making some, some other NFL plays and... Uh, we're dabbling a little bit in hockey here to start the hockey season, but, uh, no, nothing to write home about yet. Uh, much, much like our college football picks, nothing to write home about, uh, one in four last week, which isn't quite the offer we had the week before, but this is once again, be- become a podcast that you just absolutely should probably fade. Uh, let's, uh, briefly, briefly recap what the hell happened last week. Let's start with what I thought was the lock of the century, and that was uh, USC plus three taking on Notre Dame. Uh, USC comes into South Bend, uh, all high-flying offense. We, we knew their defense had issues, but the high-flying offense, I thought they'd be able to, to, to bully Notre Dame, outscore them. The Irish came off a, a or in the middle of a brutal stretch of games at night, prime time everyone's best shot, everyone's national championship game, had a way subpar effort against Louisville. That was just a completely non-competitive game. And they come out and and their defense, shades of 2002, just harasses USC into giving them the ball five times. Two, uh, two, play, two non-offensive touchdowns in this game, a big kick return by Jadarian Price and uh, Xavier Watts, who was... Uh, all over the place in the secondary, uh, not to mention the defensive front getting after Caleb Williams as uh, the Irish managed to to look competent, even though the offense is still, still a big issue. Uh, not super impressive by them. They obviously did enough to win. They converted the chances when necessary, but USC, you know, their defense wasn't super fraudulent here. Uh, it was their offensive line, and you know, credit, credit goes to... Al Golden and Notre Dame for uh, for being able to refocus and and harass Caleb Williams into making a ton of poor decisions. Uh, but yeah, I, I I really thought I learned a lot about Notre Dame, and that doesn't mean they're going to be on the gambling card the rest of the year. Uh, in fact, they they probably won't be. I, I don't know what to expect. They're in the middle of responding in a way I haven't seen them necessarily respond before. So uh, that's good to see from a fan perspective. But from a gambling perspective, yeah, I. I don't know. We got to figure out who this team is if we're going to bet on them. We, we kind of knew who USC was. Once again, their defense didn't really let them down here. It was the uh, the offense under the constant harassment that uh, eventually came to bite them in the butt. Uh, what else did we have? We had uh, Ball State, the alma mater, taking on Toledo in a rainy, um, not muddy, but rainy, nasty, you know, cold, 
uh, you know, first first real fall afternoon up in Muncie, Indiana. The uh, Cards uh, made the change at quarterback. They rotated in Kyle Kelly because um, they did not want to pass the ball in the rain, and it worked out well for him. Um, we had Toledo first half uh, spread at minus eight and a half. Toledo was controlling a good chunk of the game on offense. Ball State wasn't letting them run away. Uh, but Toledo couldn't convert anything. They 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 had you know, Ball State had some key stops. Uh, Toledo wasn't able to convert too many points. Uh, and this was I want to say it was a three three game at halftime. Ten three. It doesn't matter. Toledo wasn't putting up points in the rain. Ball State defense held. Uh, Ball State was actually competitive this entire game. I watched it. Uh, so zero and two already. Uh, let's move on down. Maryland. I I I I don't know what the fuck Maryland's doing. I and and we're, we're I mean we're at the point where all all pleasantries are out the uh, out the window here, folks. Uh, I I don't know. Illinois is not a good team. Illinois is flat out not a good team. And Maryland at home just just could not get the job done. Letting them hang around. I think it was 10-10 at halftime. Hold on, sorry, it's fourteen fourteen at halftime. And it I I don't know. I Maryland has never been taken seriously in the Big Ten. Maryland's never going to be taken seriously in the Big Ten. I don't know why we even put a play on it. Uh, Tau Tau actually had a good game. I I I don't know. I, I don't know how these things happen. It's just it's laughable. The Big Ten uh, for the most part is laughable. Uh, Maryland outgained them in yards. Like I said, had the better passing attack. Uh, Illinois outgained them rushing. Only only one turnover. Just couldn't convert. Nobody can convert in this game, and Illinois took it from them. Uh, super frustrating on that front. Uh, then we had, what did we have? We had BYU. No show. Not done. BYU's done. I'm not sure we've ever won a BYU bet on this podcast. BYU is done. Playing TCU, who is somewhat fraudulent themselves, and and BYU just didn't show up. Didn't, did, did not feel like competing. Maybe it was too hot. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we had a mission trip that we were running late for no idea, but, uh, zero competition there from BYU. I think it was 44 to 11, 44 to 11 found themselves down early. Hey, just nothing, uh, our winner and, uh, quickly becoming another ride or die as much as we love the fun belt, uh, UNLV, the rebels, no surprise here. Cause I love Vegas, uh, obviously golden Knights hockey, the town itself, but, uh, UNLV on a run here. Uh, taking care of business against uh, their rivals up in Reno. Uh, the Rebels have really turned it around under uh, under their new coach or newish coach. I think this might be his second year. Um, they were bowl eligible last year, went to a bowl game, and now they they look like they're going to make some noise here in a very competitive Mountain West. You know, we talk a lot about the Fun Belt. Uh, the Mountain West is very competitive. I, I CUSA is not great. Uh, I watched some CUSA last night. Uh, not great. Uh, the Mac is awful. Uh, so the Mountain West keeping things interesting with Fresno out there. But yeah, UNLV goes on the road to Reno, takes care of business against Nevada. Uh, no sweat here. Easily covering. I want to say they are uh, perfect against the number so far this year. And they may show up later again this week. So yeah, that was, uh, what was that? Week week seven? Golly. Week seven in the books. We're on to week eight, middle of October. I've made three three uh, things of chili so far this year. Uh, we're we're rolling right along. It's gray and cloudy and dark and, and cold. And that's football weather, folks. Uh, it makes me want to sit down like a real sicko and watch some Iowa punts. Oh yeah, oh yeah. 
but before we get on to what's going on here in week number eight, let's of course take some time and visit with Papa Joe. We tried real hard to get Papa Joe on task this week. Uh, unfortunately, we ran out a little bit of time at the end. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're going to go ahead, kick it over to our weekly conversation with Papa Joe. All right, folks, it's that time of the week again. We have Papa Joe in fresh off his actual in-person visit. How are you, Papa Joe? Jack, I am fantastic. What a weekend of college football. I was there. I saw it. And this many days later, I still don't believe what I saw. All right, quick. You get two Two minutes, describe the scene and how you felt. Two minutes, go. In two minutes, I would say it's the most electric crowd I've ever seen at Notre Dame Stadium in my life, dating back to 1989. The crowd was in it the whole time. The defense set the tone with those turnovers, and we just never got up off their throat. And I will apologize to every single one of my fans out there. Don't write into the mailbag. You don't need to. It wasn't reverse psychology. You know how I feel about these people. I put a new hate hat on, as you can see. Went with the ball cap, the traditional ball cap, and we beat the shit out of them, and I'm glad we did. And I'm not going to take any credit. I'm going to eat my crow. Um, Had a nice crow pie Saturday night, but that's kind of what victory is all about. All right, last question. Yeah. Off, Off the top of your head, when did you know the game was in the bag? Um, to it, it, we, when we went up by three scores the second time. All right. All That's right. how nervous I was. Look, people, I got to tell the fans this. I never went to the concession stand. Didn't buy a Coke. Didn't buy popcorn. No, no, no bratwurst. Nothing. I was focused. I, I peed once during halftime. That was it. Otherwise, I'm more of a... I get off the bench. Except to yell at those... Worthless Pac-12 referees who are another shit storm. Right, we're going we're going over time. We're going over time. Okay, we're going over time. Okay. I'm anyway, more of a shamrock pretzel man it was, myself. It, it was fabulous. It was fabulous. Got to tell everybody, we are live tonight on a Wednesday coming to you from the Kai Gamma Forest. Yeah, we know. We know. We know. We're going to roll. Pounds. Beautiful. We're going to roll. Coming and, and have a fall staff. We're going to we're going to roll right into it. Uh, big games. You you alluded to it. Big games this week. Big games. Um, some people yeah. are playing the first real game of their schedule, and we're already in the third week of October. Isn't that know. ridiculous? Isn't that ridiculous? That's what happens. So let's That's let's happens. talk about let's talk about the Happy Valley boys taking on the Buckeyes. Yeah, yeah got the line that. here. Uh, Penn State is getting four and a half in this game. It's a nooner, the big noon yeah. kickoff in Columbus. Who you like right. here, Papa Joe? All right. I like I like Aller to kind of come have a coming out party on the road. I don't think that um I don't think that Ryan Day truly believes in Kyle McCord at quarterback. They I think they have a receiver that's a little banged up. They definitely have uh Travion, the running back, banged up. But I just I just think this is if this was a night game in Columbus and there was more emphasis on it. I think Penn State sneaks in there at 12 noon. I know they've played Temple. They've played probably Rutgers, somebody like that. This is their first big test. They only have two games on their schedule. This is test number one. Penn State getting four and a half. Getting four and a half. 
I don't care if they win by one. They're getting four and a half. Let's take Penn State. Penn State, they have covered uh, the last two in a row. However, they have not. They've won straight up only twice in about the last 14 meetings. Yeah, yeah. It, no, it's, it's just, this has been, this has been, you know, like the first real game they play. Sometimes it's in Iowa. Sometimes it's a Wisconsin. But this time, this they they haven't played squat. So no, we'll we're see. gonna. This is probably uh, I, I I haven't fully landed on anything here yet. Uh, you'll find out in the next segment. Uh, this is probably gonna be a stay away because because like I said, we just don't know enough about Penn State. They they beat up on UMass for Christ's sake last week. We don't know anything about this team. We're gonna learn a lot about them. We're gonna learn a lot about Ohio State. Um, that all being said. Above a field goal feels feels pretty good on the Penn State side of things. Yeah, I mean this is transition weekend. I mean we're gonna see we're gonna separate out people, and uh, the uh, college football players gonna take a little bit more shape this week. All right, all let's let's move on from the big noon kickoff. There, let's jump on down okay. to SEC land. Yes, um, we'll take a look at this Tennessee taking on Alabama. What's 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 this rivalry name? You should know this. Uh, dude, I don't know. Orange and Crimson. I really don't know. I know it, it It does have a name because they've been in different divisions, you know, since 1992, and they've always played each other. They're one of the traditional crossovers. So um, I will do some research and get back to everybody. Um, my oh. voice is not even back. You know, I did a lot of yelling and screaming. And I'm still barely talking, but I will this, find this. Out. This game is simply called the third Saturday in October. I thought that's what it was. That's, you that's, know what? That's what it's that called. That makes sense. That makes sense. I have heard that reference, and I just I didn't know it was that honed in. I like that. Put that in quotation marks. Okay, so but Tennessee. Um, the line. Hold on. The line here. We've got yeah. Alabama. Alabama's a favorite here at home, laying yeah. nine points. Uh, I I like Alabama. I still think a pissed off Nick Saban beats just about anybody. Uh, obviously, Joe Milton is not Hendon Hooker at quarterback, and I think that's where Tennessee has struggled. They've had some games that were closer than they should have been, and I don't think I don't think this is their year. They're going to go down right here. They're going to go down to Georgia. Um, I think they'll you know they, they might be lucky to be eight and four. When it's all said and done, this was a thriller last year. I remember watching this game. It was 49 52 at Rocky Top. It was the first time Tennessee had won in the Saban era yep. uh, against Alabama. It just outright won. And, and Nick um, was still pissed about it because wasn't that an overtime? Was that an overtime? No, it was not an overtime. Okay, it's, they hit it's a field amazing, goal. It's amazing how different the cast of characters is now as you sit there and look at a game, like I said, 49 52. And these teams are coming off games in which Alabama just barely squeaked by Arkansas, twenty-four to twenty-one, and Tennessee yeah. barely squeaked by A and M, twenty-two thirteen. And that's that's the main reason I think Alabama will uh, open up a little bit of, a little bit of whoop ass, not enough, maybe two touchdowns worth, because they barely beat Arkansas. Obviously, they were sleepwalking through that game, and Nick probably isn't happy. Um. Both these teams playing pretty good defense. The offenses are a little Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't want. I don't want to depend on Milrow to win me anything. 
But well, uh, you're taking nine points, so it, it sounds know, like you I are. I know that's because I don't believe in Tennessee. I don't I believe just, in Tennessee either, but I I, I think no. I believe in their ability to play defense a little more than Alabama's ability to play well, offense. Here, okay, here's here's the thing, and I know the transfer portals all over the place. These still are not hype. I'm not sure you know what the transfer portal is, but continue. I know what the transfer portal is, and he's got to go get a quarter, a real quarterback at some point. Well, that's but just because that's what all the big players. that's what all the big college football media people told you. You don't actually know what the transfer portal is. These these are not Josh Heupel's players yet. Uh, Joe Milton's a Josh Heupel player. He's been there for three but, years. But but at some point, this this portal thing will turn around where you can't just pluck free agents anymore, and it'll get a little bit back to what it used to be. Well, we'll see. I really uh, do. Maybe not with the quarterback position, but with all the other – I really think with all the other positions it will. Yeah. All right. We'll stay, uh, we'll stay out at 3.30 here. Uh, but yep. we'll go to, we'll go to the other side of the country here. Uh, Wazoo taking on Oregon. The line here: Oregon laying nearly three touchdowns, uh, yeah. laying twenty points, and and you you think that's that's more than coverable? Well, here's the thing: Phil Knight uh, he sent the word down uh, to the uh, coaching staff that uh, look, I'm spending a lot of money on all these different kind of uniforms. I need some results. They are pissed about losing. You know, that Washington game, that was close, 36-33. That, 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 they still believe they're in it. They got to get on a roll. They're, they're going to be playing the hated Southern Cal soon, so they need to make a statement. This is a statement game for them. I think the quarterback for Wazoo is either banged up or he just hasn't been playing well enough uh, lately, a la that, uh, what, that Oregon State game? Yeah. Oh, my yeah. Beavers are off this week. I do believe. You well, they beat no. Off. Remember, they they beat Oregon State, then they've lost back to back against UCLA and Arizona, and Arizona right. kicked the crap out of them last week. That's that's true. That is true, and that was a surprise. That was a surprise. Uh, Oregon in three home games this year: eighty-one yeah. to seven, fifty-five to ten, forty-two to six. I like it even better. Autzen Stadium's a great place. And, and who knows what kind of shade of green they're going to come out in. Oh, but God, I, they – they look, the number two spot in that conference is critical. you got a lot of teams who are going to be fighting for that number two spot. Uh, Washington may sail through, but they – they you know, they they can still lose a game. You could have a crazy-ass um, four teams with one loss maybe. I don't know. I didn't look at all the combinations yet. Here's the stat line for you. Uh, Oregon and Oregon and Washington state are both averaging about 335 yards per, uh, pass yards per game. It's yeah. good for about 8.8 pass yards per play or sorry, per pass attempted. Uh, so they're averaging about the same passing rushing. Oregon is averaging 220 per game, Washington state 94. So Ooh. that, that kind of tells you all you need to know offensively. It's That's like a you shitload of, uh, offense whole, whole the other gear there for the ducks. Yeah, that's 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 uh, uh of- over under here is set at 62. 62. And uh-huh. what do you what do you like there, Papa Joe? You said you got to love play the over. I love the over. I think a lot, a lot of points, a lot of so, points. You know what? Wazoo both of these teams, but, here, here, but here's what I said both these teams ha- actually have an, a uh, losing record to the over this year. Ooh, that's yeah. shocking. Yeah. Even in the eighty-one to seven game, 
Well, I mean, they won that one, but I mean, their overall record. So Oregon, uh, Washington State overall is uh, three and three, and yeah. Oregon overall is um, two, three, and one. Okay. It's all right. It's all right. But like I say, I think at this point, uh, Bo Nix has, you know, played well. He could get back into the Heisman conversation if they get on a roll. So uh, I'm going with I'm going with I'm going with the green. Going with the green. Uh, going with the green. I mean, it's it. The, the more I research it, it's 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 certainly plausible. I mean, Oregon did look very good. Uh, Washington's just a very good team. That that's really what made that last week. Uh, and I think that game also being up in Seattle. Um, that was you know, probably the difference. I, I think I think it was that game kept kept them uh gave them that extra juice. Uh, now, talk- I was going to say the the thing we don't know, other than Southern Cal coming out and playing Notre Dame, these these Pac twelve schools have not played a big non conference Power Five team. I don't think any of them have. I could be wrong. Yes and no. You you've had you've had a couple who have um, some other ones. I mean, obviously, you know. Oregon played. Uh, Oregon played Texas Tech second week of the season. People thought mm. they were going to be a thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, SC obviously just got done. They they played their first game of the year against Notre Dame. Um, yeah. so at we least we, yeah, Utah yeah. played. Utah played Florida. So right. Utah played Florida. You know, Utah Cal, Cal played Auburn. Yeah, Cal Remember, played. That was like the first time Auburn's traveled that far west since like. Yeah, Cal season. played Auburn, and both teams lost. This is true. Oh, that's how bad that was. But you know what? My Utah Utes, the two Utes, they only have one loss. Cam Rising, I think, is coming back. If he, he wasn't, he, we, back. yeah, we were we were talking about this offline when you were here. Utah's getting ready to wreck it all. You you better pray and hope Washington gets through unscathed because. Utah is getting ready to fuck some shit up for the. Bar. All right. Well, guess who? Guess who? Utah's playing. They're playing Southern Cal in the Coliseum. I think Southern Cal will win, but I I'm staying away from this game because I got the hate hat on the new hate hat, and Utah's getting seven in that game. But stay away from it, everybody. Don't write in. Just stay away from that, because if you if you if you want Utah to do too much and wreck everything, that's when they'll crap the bet. Utah has USC, Oregon, Arizona State, Washington, Arizona, and Colorado left. That, That's it, brutal. It, no, it's not about them being brutal. It's I, I think I think they could easily up beat all those teams. They could. They could. They could beat every single, especially if Rising is back. They could beat every single one of those. Teams. I, I still miss. But didn't they lose in the transfer portal that big tight end that was a rugby player? Or Australian rules football player from Australia. I think they lost that kid. They they lost that Dalton. They lost that Dalton Kincaid kid to the first round of the NFL draft. Okay, maybe maybe that's who I'm getting confused. Yeah. All right, let's uh let's keep it moving. I don't know if they have enough depth, but yeah, keep it moving. Uh, your 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 uniform rant. Ole Miss taking on Auburn seven o'clock. In I love uh, this game at I just Auburn. Love this. So they are a Auburn's a home dog here, home dog getting six I and a half. I tell like me it. about tell me about uniforms and underwear and and whatever you. Okay, guys I do have the I got the powder blues on because it's Wednesday. I think Joey comes out with um, unfortunately the white helmets. If he comes out in white white, 
He should come out actually if they come out in gray pants, white shirts, the traditional, the powder blue helmets. It's a no-brainer. If he does this white on white on white, they could lose. And I looked at all the scenarios with Georgia. Ole Miss could get to the CFP with an 11-1 and record and not have to play in the conference championship game. I don't see that happening. I think the SEC it, it, it's a down strip. so far. But a lot of happening. people got to knock a lot of other people out. But Joey's got to get it done. And I like him. I like him to run over Hugh Freeze. That Peyton Thorn is a thorn in somebody's side, and I would say it's the offensive coordinator. Ole Miss hasn't won outright at Auburn since 2015. Uh, yeah, they did this, win. This is, every they, year is a new team. They did win last year uh, by two touchdowns uh, in the Grove. Uh, Auburn still covered though. That's interesting. Not a not a lot of old miss covering I, I, here. I think Auburn's luckiest performance was against Georgia, how they were in that game, but they are a mess. Old Miss has only covered twice since 2009. They are a mess, and, and if Hugh Freeze doesn't figure out the quarterback thing by next year, he will be out as as fast as he came in. Uh they're averaging half the pass yards per game that Ole Miss is accumulating. Uh, they might have for a hundred. Yeah, I, that you know what that'd be. I you know I might look. I might look if I can find. I I doubt I can find that. That's an NFL thing. I'd be interested to find like a team total passing yard stat for Auburn this week. I I tell. Okay, look for this. Look for this. Look for Jackson Dart. They go no huddle. Huddle. They go up tempo the whole time, and they try to they try to jump on them real quick. If they do that, then that's, Auburn's got no chance. That's, that's what you do with a bad team. Um, let's move. All right, so let's move on down. You're really, really Pac-12 heavy here. Late, well, we late, are. late, late, late. No, Pac-12 after dark. Uh, Arizona State, a plucky. Oh no, that's Arizona. It's plucky. A bad Arizona State. Uh, yeah. Taking on uh, Washington up in Seattle again. Is is there a letdown effect here? You like? Yeah, the because they shot here. Oh, with Washington. Well, the line here is line here is twenty six and a half. I I think yeah. Washington will win easily, but is there a letdown effect here to where they uh they maybe don't have their A game? Maybe they would they try to win this with their C game. I I think I think they win their with their C game, which still could be twenty six and a half. They are in. I I don't see as much letdown because a Arizona State is bad and already shot all their marbles against Southern Cal and Colorado. I, I truly believe that. I think they're spent. I think they're spent. And Washington, Kalen DeBoer is going to – he's going to give the same speech that Dan Lanning of Oregon is going to give. Those two programs are chasing less than, less than Oklahoma, I think, less than Oklahoma. Those two programs are chasing Georgia and Michigan – and they're also vying for representation in that CFP because both of them could get there. A lot of weird shit's got to happen, though, because, you know, Oregon's now has one loss they can't lose anymore. What's going to happen if Washington gets one loss? Southern Cal's got one loss. So um, my Beavers got one loss. So that whole thing could get interesting out there. I but Pac-12 after dark. That's going to be a watch. It's going to be a good watch. Oh, if I can stay up for it, I'll watch it. I, I, yeah. I'm you. You're going to have to put me in the letdown camp. I think that's too many points. 
Arizona State, as bad as they are, have been competitive in games. They've been yeah. competitive three weeks in a row. Penix looked like he got a little beat up towards the end of that Oregon game. Maybe left uh, left more out there than you wanted. Uh, I I think Washington wins, but I think it's going to maybe be a uh, less exciting version of Washington. Well, have you seen have you seen Kenny Dillingham on the sideline? Uh, no, I haven't watched any. He looks all. like he's about twelve years old. So, yeah. I, I I think with a kid coach like that, they got no shot. Washington Washington just needs to take care of business the next two weeks. Got Arizona State, then at Stanford, and then they've got a gauntlet to finish the season. Uh, oh, yeah, at at USC, Utah, which we talked about, at Oregon State, and then of course the Apple Cup. So I they need yeah, to hope if, Southern Cal has two losses. By time they get in there, well, we're not they, talking about Southern Cal. You keep bringing it up because they live rent free in your head, but we're not talking about they that. They do. They, they do. Uh, you know, I I think they mail this one in. You know, they win this game something like thirty eight to twenty. They don't cover. I think they mail in this one. They might even mail in the Stanford one that's on the farm, and uh, and then they show out again uh, November fourth. Well, uh, that which, could that could be true, but they could drop a couple slots right there. Well, it's not going to. I see you. You're talking about stuff that may or may not matter. I, I, I'm, I'm firmly in the camp that there's more wild shit that's going to happen. Georgia's got Mizzou coming up. Uh, I, Georgia's I, twelve and zero. It could, I'm, I'm not. I'm still. You, you had the good week, and then you followed it up with another performance, uh, a, a lackluster performance against Vandy last week, and then Bowers is hurt. I, I think the SEC is going. Bowers might not play. You've got Ohio State playing Penn State this week. So someone's dropping out there. Then you've got, you know, like I said, whatever's going to happen in the SEC. Michigan still has to play both Penn State and Ohio State. So the the, the scenarios in which you talk about Washington, Washington doesn't need to be geared up for shit. Washington just needs to win games. It's kind of like another name scenario. Well, if Washington I, I, gets to the end undefeated, they're in. That's all I they think, need to do. Well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they win by one point or a hundred points. Same so. same with same with Georgia. If if I'm Brock Bowers, you know what? I probably I probably pack it away because I'm the number one draft. Oh choice. no! Oh, him him, him, per, him personally? I mean, yeah. yeah. You gotta yeah. you gotta you I'm gotta. The, he's the number one draft. But choice. Kirby, if Kirby, if if they if they go without Bowers the rest of the year, they're in real trouble. Real that, real I, trouble. I think Bowers is the the defining point because they got the cocktail party next week. They're off this week. I see, and I think that's that's a game. That's a game they don't. We're we're not talking about Jordan. We're not talking about Jordan. We'll not, we'll say that for a different time. Okay. But but, but it, as as it relates as it relates on the whole to Washington, I'd, if they mail in two games in a row, I don't think it's going to matter. None none of that's going to matter. Right. It does. It, uh, it does. It doesn't. But I I still think that it, personally they should be chasing Michigan and Georgia. Uh, yes, because it's it's 1997. All right, we're uh, we, we we only got a couple minutes here, so rapid fire, Papa Joe. What else you got? Rapid fire. Uh, okay, how about this Duke? How about this Duke game? They're down in uh, Seminole Country. Um, Duke's getting 14 and a half, but I don't like that because I don't know what Florida State team will show up. Plus, Leonard might be hurt, the quarterback for Duke. But take the 49 and a half. I think we're going to see a lot of points regardless. Under. Taking under there, right? No, I'm taking the over. Taking the over. Okay. Over. Taking I thought over. you said under earlier. No, no, no. Okay. I'm taking the under in this South Carolina, Missouri slop fest. I like that. That's set at 60. Yeah. I, I like I taking the under there. there. I don't think they'll get there. 
Mizzou, uh, Mizzou's been a little, uh, little, little, little better on defense, and South Carolina's a little inept. Yeah. So what both, else? Teams, both teams won't score. It'll be like that Minnesota Iowa game, which we're all staying away from that crap. Uh, okay, Tejas is going into Houston. Now Dana Holgerson, this isn't his best team, but Houston usually can score points and screw people up. The line is twenty three and a half. Twenty three and a half. I re- I really like Houston, but I'm not set. But I like the sixty and a half. I I see some points that are going to be scored here. Okay. Yeah, points points going to be some points there. Um, Army goes into uh, Baton Rouge at night. It's all set up for uh, a big ass kicking. Thirty one. Army's getting thirty one. Uh, I like the over fifty seven and a half. But I don't think LSU will cover 31. And Jaden, Jaden is a little bit banged up. That boy's been playing hard. Well, as much, you know, Army's tried to change up the offense a little bit, but they they still control the clock. If they play a slow game, I agree. I don't I don't know that, that LSU's gonna be that, able to put up point enough points. Yeah, that'd keep that point margin down. And then you've got uh the big NBC game, uh, because it's all about kissing the rear end of There's the a lot, yeah, less than a minute. Last one here. Uh, we got Michigan at East Lansing, 24 and a half points. I don't think, I don't think. Um, you don't like the spread. A, over under, over under it, set it at 46. Yeah, the over, I, I like, I like the over at 46. Right. And that was Papa Joe folks. Uh, talk to Papa Joe. We got to get him a play clock. So he knows when his time is counting down. He likes to get a little too uh, descriptive at times. <clears throat> But uh, you you know him. We we can't we can't keep him at bay even if we try. Realized in the open there, uh, neglected to uh, go over our record, which is very important if you're going to fade this podcast. 13, 31 and three, uh, just a disaster of a season so far. Uh, so many so so many shoulda coulda wouldas. Uh, down fourteen units. Once again, the goal here we we're we're squarely. Over the halfway point. Goal here is to try to get back to even by the end of the regular season as we go into conference championship season and bowl season and all that jazz. Uh, But we're back at it. We're gluttons for punishment. Once again, maybe fading is going to be the choice. So whatever I say, uh, maybe maybe run the other way. But we've got six more plays this week. Uh, So without any further ado, let's break down some week eight games. A big one. Uh, and you know me, I'm not I'm not a fan of just saying the big ones because they're the big ones, unlike some other people we uh, we allow to guess on the show. Penn State going into Columbus, big noon kickoff, uh, as we talked about with Papa Joe. And I, Buckeye's favorite here, four and a half at home. This is this is Penn State's first game. As I said, we're we're gonna find out a lot about this team. I, I have a good idea about the pulse of Ohio State. This is not an elite Ohio State team, in my opinion. Uh, that doesn't mean they're a bad team. It's certainly not an elite team. They are staring squarely at this game and Michigan to define their entire season and really define where they are at as a program. Um, they could, they if they lose both these games, even if they play somebody relevant in a bowl game, I, I think the 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 calls are going to come for Ryan Day's head. The fan base, who is one of the most spoiled fan bases on the face of the earth, uh, will will not be satiated. And it, yeah. So, but for Penn State, have not played anybody. This is the worry. They've played no one. 
They opened up at West Virginia, which, you know, week one, you, you take it, but you kind of throw it out. Took on Iowa at home when they still had Kay McNamara. Beat him 31 to nothing. That was a wideout, though. We know Iowa's fairly fraudulent. Uh, they certainly can't do anything on offense. So what does that tell us? It tells us that Penn State might be able to play a little bit of defense. Um, but the, the rest of these games, Delaware, Illinois, Northwestern. And then you squeak in. You squeak in a JV game against UMass last week and what you beat them 63-0. What do we learn from that? We learn nothing from that. 63-0, they only put up 400 yards of total offense, which is fine. I mean, that's perfectly fine in a game you're supposed to take care of your business. But good God, schedule somebody, Penn State. They Penn State, we're, all right, we're off the rails already. Go. Penn State is the ultimate. We make our entire reputation, 10 years, they've made their entire reputation on they must be good because they only lose to Ohio State and Michigan. Not that the rest of the Big Ten is mediocre and they're possibly the top of the mediocre, but no, they only lost to Ohio State and Michigan. They must be real good. They're not. Not at all. They got to show it this week. All right, we're back on track. Penn State catching four and a half on the road at noon. Not a night game. I, I like them here. I like them here because, like I said, I think we have a good idea about the pulse of Ohio State, what they can and can't do. Penn State offense has put up points against lackluster competition. The defense looks very good. How good? We don't know. But they look they look competent enough. They're doing the right things. They are causing turnovers. They are suppressing offense. Uh, but once again, against who? West Virginia? I mean, yeah. Uh, Ohio State has rebounded from the close call against Notre Dame, uh, another team who had a very good defense and was able to stifle them uh, with a somewhat impressive win over Maryland at the time. Then Maryland turned around and lost to Illinois last week and took care of their business against Purdue. Not a whole lot of worry there, although West Lafayette can be a house of horrors. Uh, but, you know, looked good last week. Put up 486 yards total offense. Not super efficient running the ball, but uh, scored. Uh, they did turn the ball over twice as well, but 41-7, to you'll you'll take that. Um, they have covered two in a row since the Notre Dame game and, once again, have just played a better slate of opponents. Head-to-head here, though, this is where it gets interesting because these, these schools play every year, and, once again, usually Ohio State comes out on top. How good is Penn State, folks? How good is Penn State? They've won twice in three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11 meetings, twice in 11 meetings, but we're supposed to pretend they're a good team. However, in that same amount of time, Penn State has covered. They covered the last two. They've covered seven of the last eight and eight of the last 10. So once again, they do cover. Uh, So it does not matter that this game is necessarily in Columbus. Penn State plays this one close. I think over a field goal is too much juice for this Ohio State team. That's what, you know, they beat Notre Dame by, essentially. I think Penn State can keep it close, possibly even lead this game through the third quarter before they ultimately shit the bed. Ohio State wins by a field goal, and we're supposed to pretend Penn State's still pretty good. But we'll take those points. Wow, we had a lot to say about a game that who the hell knows how that'll turn out. Uh, onward to other Big Ten noon action uh, somewhat nearby here. Actually, I would, I would argue... Well, let's see. Blue, now, Columbus is much further. Bloomington, yeah, Bloomington's much closer. Um, anyways, Rutgers going into Bloomington, taking on IU. Rutgers, a five-point uh, road favorite here. IU, the home dog. Uh, IU is hot trash. They've been hot trash since that 
odd 2020 season, which they had Michael Penix, and they somehow looked like they put it all together. You go back and watch that season, the amount of games they won in which they shouldn't should have been a major red flag that that this team was not going to do anything. They were not going to build off that, that Tom Allen can't get it done at this level. Um, but anyways, here we are. Rutgers finally looking like they're turning it around a little bit under Greg Schiano. Not that they're going to compete in the Big Ten, but they're at least going to be bowl eligible and respectable. Uh, they're 5-2, five 5-1-1 and two, uh, five, one and one against the number. Uh, Indiana, 2-4. and four, They're only two wins. A squeaker. A squeaker against Akron. Akron, folks. 29-27. And a win against Indiana State. That's not saying much. Ball State's got one win on the year, and it was Indiana State. Uh, they held Ohio State close. That was week one, though. Uh, since then, have just been trounced. Uh, Louisville was a close game, but Maryland, Amer- the aforementioned Maryland, who's fraudulent in some ways, not at quarterback, but in maybe just general eptness, uh, 17-44, and then got housed, housed in the big house last week by Big Blue. Uh, wow, they actually out, well, Jesus, outgained Michigan last week. Michigan only had 232 total yards. Twenty Turned over the, or sorry, no, I read that wrong. IU only had 232 total yards. Michigan outgained them. Uh, four turnovers last week against Big Blue. Uh, Rutgers, on the other hand, has played some stiffer competition. Uh, really, from top to bottom, Northwestern Temple, Virginia Tech, Michigan, um, Wisconsin, and then Michigan State. Uh, beating Michigan State last week. Uh, like I said, I I think I think Rutgers is turning around. I think they're a better team. Uh, they're certainly a better offense. They're playing better defense. I I don't think Indiana's going to be able to score. Uh, I like this. I like this, honestly, probably all the way up to nine. Uh, so the fact that this is five feels like a lot of good value for me on Rutgers, um, even though it's on the road. Give me, give me Greg Schiano chopping some wood. Uh, we got a lot to talk about today. This is this is fantastic. Uh, two o'clock. Let's go to some CUSA action. Charlotte, the 49ers, taking on East Carolina. Both these teams are one and five overall. Whoopee! Um, both inept on offense. Uh, not terrible on defense, but certainly uh, certainly can't keep it down. The over under here set at 40 and a half, and we are going to take that under. Uh, Charlotte two and four against, uh, the over this year, East Carolina also two and four against the over, uh, Charlotte averaging 15 points a game, East Carolina averaging 19 points a game. Uh, once I, this will be, this might be a race to 17 and that, that might be how, how the game ultimately turns out. Although I thought that earlier this week, this was not an official podcast play, but we thought that in the Sam Houston state FIU game on, uh, Wednesday, and all of a sudden that game got weird and went to overtime and we were screwed at uh, over under 42. But here, once again, we'll, we'll write it again. We'll see if uh, certainly, certainly lightning can't strike twice with overtime uh, twice in one week. But uh, Charlotte ECU, we like the under a 40 and a half. Moving on down the line, let's go to Virginia as we got App State taking on Old Dominion. Old Dominion has been very Jekyll and Hyde with this podcast. Uh, the team's somewhat consistent, but certainly with the podcast, Jekyll and Hyde, uh, they are a home dog of six and a half against the Mountaineers of App State. Uh, ODU plays defense. Uh, not the best defense, but they play defense. Uh, App State's got some questions with their quarterback and running back. Uh, App State 
coming off a loss to Coastal last week in a close game against Louisiana Monroe uh, back in September and Wyoming. So once again, App State has played several close games here. And Old DU is just out there mixing it up. Got a squeaker of a win against Southern Miss last week. Uh, only stayed in the game against Marshall. We actually had them in that game, or we had uh, Marshall covering that game, and ODU managed to backdoor it. Uh, and Wake Forest, even before that. All, going all the way back to Louisiana Lafayette. This is a team that will play you close. Uh, like I said, they play decent defense. We like that. Uh, App State has not been great covering this year. 2-3-1 and one against the number. And we go head-to-head. They haven't met that often, but they did meet last year, in which Old Dominion did cover that one as well. So once again, all six and a half is is too much for me. Um, I I think it could land more on six. You know, something like a 27-21 final feels within the realm. We might be sweating this one out. But ultimately, ODU at home, I think with their defense, uh, possibly causing some, some havoc with turnovers and whatnot. Uh, I think they keep App State close. Uh, next, back to our running Rebels of UNLV, except it's football, not basketball. Uh, taking on Colorado State, who has made some noise in their own right under uh, second-year head coach Jay Norvell, uh, who knows, obviously knows the conference well, knows UNLV well, uh, being the former coach at Nevada. But uh, the Rams, the Rams have had a pretty good season. And uh, have, have have caused people to take not not good in the sense that they're uh, they're lighting the world on fire, but they're not a dumpster fire uh, like they were last year. Uh, and that goes back to that uh, overtime thriller against Colorado. Uh, they just came off a win against Boise State last week. Uh, they they've looked competent. We'll, we'll we'll let's let's save the good. They've looked very competent. Uh, they come into this game where the Rebels are laying seven and a half at home. And UNLV is on a roll. They have covered every game they've played so far this year. Uh, they cover. They were on our card last week, covering against Nevada. Had some interesting opponents. Uh, Michigan, which I mean, to be fair, they they only lost by four touchdowns. Not not Big Ten. There are Big Ten teams that can't say that. Took care of Vanderbilt at home. Oh, that's UTEP uh, to kick care of Hawaii and now Nevada. Uh, Colorado State may have seen some slightly stiffer competition. Uh, but what it comes down to is UNLV's run game. UNLV has been very good, very balanced on offense, heavy on the run. Colorado State has struggled against the run. That is where uh, we like UNLV to cover this spread over a touchdown. Uh, Colorado State's last two games against Boise and Utah State. Uh, the Boise game they won. However, the Utah State game they uh, lost uh, by 20. Uh, both teams were able to find success on the ground against the Rams. Uh, once again, you you add in UNLV playing passable defense in a, a very exciting Mountain West, and we're going to keep riding the Rebels, uh, hopefully on their way to 7-0 and against the number and 6-1 and overall. Finally, let's step back to the Sun Belt, the Fun Belt. We've got the Georgia State Panthers taking on the Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns. Uh, the line here, uh, Louisiana is three and a half point home favorite, uh, laying those points there. Georgia State comes in with the only loss of the season being to Troy, a game we actually picked Georgia State in. They were a dog in that game at home. Uh, or no, sorry, they were one point favorite in that game at home. Uh, here, three and a half point dog. I like them, though, because once again, I feel like they've they've leveled up with the competition. Beat Coastal Carolina on the road. Like I said, struggling against Troy, which 
Troy has owned the Sunbelt Conference for a long time. That doesn't surprise me. Possibly look past them a little bit. I know Troy really stifled them on offense. But uh, went toe-to-toe with Marshall last week and took care of business there. Louisiana Lafayette uh, got in a little bit of a shootout with Texas State. We watched that game a couple weeks ago and came out victorious. Uh, but other than that, they just the competition's not there. They lost to Old Dominion. Uh, played UAB, barely beat a bad Buffalo. Let Buffalo come back and cover that game. Buffalo was terrible. Uh, and then lost to Minnesota in a game where Minnesota somehow put up 35 points. And Minnesota's not very good either. So I I think some of the, some of the you know, as, as much as the Raging Cajuns have been pretty decent the last few years, uh, I think it is a new era in the Sun Belt. I like the Panthers here. I like them to come out and suppress the uh suppress the Cajuns enough to let their offense kind of get flowing um and like I said I think they've just faced a better slate of competition that gives me more confidence in Georgia State these are pretty evenly matched teams so you know once again I could see it being a a a one to two point game last second field goal and if you're going to give me more than a field goal I'll go ahead and take Georgia State getting the points so, wow, we had a lot to say this week, uh, especially for as rough as it's gone lately. Uh, but recapping our six games this week, we like Penn State on the road against Ohio State catching four and a half. We like Rutgers on the road as the favorite catching five or laying five against IU. Charlotte, East Carolina, uh, the over-under there set at 40 and a half. We're going to take that under. We don't think either of those teams will score. It's a race to 17. Old Dominion getting almost a touchdown, six and a half, taking on App State. Uh, we think Old Dominion covers that at home. UNLV, a seven and a half point favorite against Colorado State. We think UNLV's run game is going to go ahead and take care of that. And finally, Georgia State getting three and a half on the road at Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns. Uh, we think Georgia State has had the better overall slate of games to prepare them. And in a close game, I'm going to take more than a field goal. Uh, that's all she wrote, folks. Uh, like I said, uh, we're kind of back to a, what's been a normal episode length, uh, at least compared to the earlier uh, earlier episodes of this. Uh, this weekend, no Irish, so uh, don't got to worry about that. Uh, we are going to sit down and probably watch some of these games. I don't have anything really going on. These new Big Ten games uh, will definitely get some play for me. Uh, probably, I don't know, we might keep an eye on that East Carolina game. Uh, I know Bama, Tennessee will be on at some point. We're still trying to figure out who those teams are. That number was very odd, all the way up to nine for Alabama. But I don't think Joe Milton's that good. So it's a question of which Bama team shows up. Uh, later in the day, we will certainly. Uh, I gotta find. I gotta find what channel UNLV's on. I'm, I'm gonna. You know, we're gonna. This is gonna become a very James Madison UNLV podcast, folks. I'm telling you, teams I'm really digging on. Uh, and of course, the fun belt. We'll watch. We'll watch some fun belt today. We'll watch Georgia Southern if we can. Another fun team to watch. We already watched James Madison Marshall uh, this week as well. But <clears throat> yeah, that's that's where we're at. the The big noon kickoff game certainly is going to command a lot of our attention. Where we got Penn State, uh, which once again I expect them to uh, lose close and lose to Michigan and be told that they're somehow still a top ten team. So um, it's funny how that all works out. But yeah, that's a wrap on week number eight. Uh, We will see you in week number nine. Thank you, folks.